folks filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen. Had one go down in the water in Jesus' name. Thank God. Glory to God. God is good. He's doing what he said he would do. Pour out his spirit in the last days. Amen. I want to turn your attention this evening to the book of Matthew, the seventh chapter. Let's give our, our worship team and musicians and singers a great big hand. They always do such a wonderful job. Amen. We thank God for them and we thank God for everything they, they do leading us into the presence of the Lord. We, we just are blessed. Very, very blessed. Matthew chapter 7 and I want to read verse 13 and verse 14. I, I don't intend to keep you long tonight, uh, but I do have something on my heart and I... I want to just share it with you, and, um, and I believe that the Lord will speak to us. Amen. Matthew chapter 7, verse 13. Enter ye in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction, and many there be which go in thereat, because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life and few there be that find it few there be that find it and that's what I want to preach to you tonight few there be that find it let's go to the Lord together in prayer Lord we love you we thank you for your word we thank you for your presence God we are just finite creatures our life on earth must be devoted to you and only to you I pray tonight Lord that your word would go forth with clarity and with power I pray in the name of Jesus that we will hear it that we will receive it into our souls I pray Lord that it would change the direction of those maybe who walk astray I pray oh God in the name of Jesus hallelujah Hallelujah, that your word would make the difference in somebody's life. We give you praise and glory unto your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. God bless you. You may be seated in the name of the Lord. If you have ever uh, been in a courtroom setting, or if you have ever seen pictures of a courtroom setting and or observed the proceedings of a courtroom session there are a lot of trappings of that courtroom and uh, of course there are perhaps there's a jury perhaps there is a prosecuting attorney a defense attorney a defendant a plaintiff uh, a gallery perhaps of those who are observing. And yet the most significant figure in that room is the judge. And the judge, as we may uh, recall, is in, in our nation and in most nations, of course, uh, just has a different look. You don't have to wonder who the judge is. You know who the judge is. Normally they're clothed in all black and they sit at the center of the room. They're front and center, if you please. 
that room revolves around that judge. And if you act up in that courtroom, that judge will perhaps warn you, depending on how nice of a judge they are. But especially if you don't take them seriously, and you just better hope that they didn't have a flat tire on the way in that day. Put them in a bad mood. They, um, they may say, you're not going to do that, act that way, talk that way in my courtroom. And the judge lays down the gavel. And there is so much power behind that gavel when it falls. And they wear all black, really, to, to send a message. A message of objectivity. A message of fairness, impartiality. There is no taint to their to their judgment. They judge according to the law. And they look at the facts of the case. And they look at the, the plaintiff, the defendant, the law. And they begin to judge accordingly. Now this is ideally speaking. You have to remember that behind that black garment is every bit a human being. And this is something that, that is all too... Uh, uh, we are all too familiar with the fact that not always does it seem that the judge practices impartiality. Sometimes you walk away feeling like the judge did not judge objectively. Uh, but the fact of the matter is that in an ideal set of circumstances, that judge is an objective observer of, of the defendant, the plaintiff, and the law. And the judge comes down on the side of the law. Whether you come down on the side of the law or not, doesn't matter to the judge. The judge is going to judge according to the law. And so this is a strong symbol. And, and uh, in fact, if you think when that gavel is laid down, that there is strength and authority behind it, you haven't, you haven't even considered the truest of all judges. The most righteous judge. Now folks, when we talk about the judge of all the earth, we're talking about God. And I'm thankful that I am a friend of God. But I want you to know that even in our friendship with God, he is a righteous judge. And there is a day of judgment coming. And this day of judgment is not to be overlooked. It's not to be taken lightly. It is coming. And it is a day in which all will appear before the Lord God of heaven and earth. And he will judge according to truth. Hallelujah. This is why the Bible said he desires truth in the inward parts. He desires truth in the inward parts. He wants what goes on on the inside of us to be truthful and to be righteous and to be holy and to be ready for that day in which all of us will stand before his righteous judgment. I want to say this and I want you to remember this. 
We don't live for today. Look at your neighbor say, we don't live for today. Now say, we live for judgment day. If you're facing a temptation in your life and you're trying to decide whether you should indulge, whether you should go down that path, if you're trying to decide whether you should live holy or whether you should live unholy, if you're trying to decide whether you should serve the Lord or serve this world, if you're trying to decide whether you're going to walk in the ways of the godly or whether you're going to just go down your own path, you hear what the preacher is saying right now. You don't live for today. You live for judgment day. We do not know when our soul will be required of us. We do not know when everything we know and understand about life will come to a screeching halt and we will be ushered into eternity, eternity, eternity. Jesus was talking about that. Jesus said in Matthew 7 and 13, enter in. Now, all of us are going to enter into eternity. Every single one of us is going to enter into eternity. And when we enter into eternity, we're going to enter into eternity by ourselves. You're not going to be able to take with you somebody by the hand. The Lord will go with you as your advocate, as your mediator. Thank God if you're trusting in Him. Thank God if you're baptized into Him. Thank God if you're filled with His Spirit. Thank God the Lord will go in with you as your mediator and as your advocate. But you better understand that you've got to have a relationship with Him. All right? You've got to have a relationship with Him. You're not going to be able to call to so-and-so. That you wish could go with you. We're all going to enter in to eternity. And Jesus described that there are two ways that people enter into eternity. One is through a broad gate. It is a broad way. A broad gate. It is wide. And the reason that it's wide is because so many people are going in that gate. They're walking from every which direction and they're walking into eternity, into this broad gate, this wide gate, this broad way. The problem is that it leads to destruction. There are temptations in the minds of people who are serving the Lord. To want to slip over into the broad path. To walk down that broad path. To walk into that wide gate. Into that broad way. Because so many people are walking down that path. And maybe you are thinking to yourself. Could all of them be wrong? According to the scriptures. Yes. According to the scriptures. It is a broad way that leadeth to destruction, and many there be which go in thereat. And there is a narrow way, and it's straight gate. It's narrow, and it's straight. And, and there, there are few that find this narrow way, 
There are few that find this straight gate. But this is the way that leads to life everlasting. My God, have mercy. So many people are walking the broad path, walking the broad way, numb to any idea that they are going the wrong way. They hear a preacher preach, hey, you're going the wrong way. And they chalk him up as a religious fanatic. And they just keep walking the broad way. The Lord arranges chance encounters for them to meet people who know the way, the narrow way, the straight gate. And they chalk it up as mere coincidence. And they don't mind just dismissing this chance encounter. The Lord gives them opportunity to hear the gospel, to hear the truth of Jesus Christ. Folks, there is no way but through Jesus Christ to life eternal. Everything else is going to perish with this world. Every idol is going to perish with this world. So many people walking down the broad path, putting trust in self-enlightenment, the teachings of a man named Buddha, believing that through self-enlightenment they can somehow raise their standard of living, raise their standard of being, raise their standard of wholeness and little do they know that it's a part of the broad path that leads to destruction people just walking that path enjoying the path never mind the ancient words of Jesus the Savior that it's a path that leads to destruction they don't want to look into this book and read what thus saith the Lord they're happy to dismiss it all together or to take a few samplings of misguided and misunderstood texts and then dismiss it all entirely. Little do they know they're walking in a broad path with a lot of people, with neighbors and friends and family members, folks they don't think could ever be wrong because surely they wouldn't be wrong walking down this broad path. They are if they're on that path, on the wrong path. You better hear what the preacher's saying tonight. Hallelujah. Enter ye in at the straight gate. Enter ye in at the narrow way. It is a way that leads unto life. And few there be that find it. Oh, hallelujah. And so tonight we have this great opportunity. The Bible calls it so great a salvation. Jesus the Christ. The son of the living God, the almighty God manifest in the flesh of mankind who took upon himself the sin of man, took upon himself the original sin of man and nailed it to an old rugged cross, shed his blood for many, his blood of the new covenant. And he went into the grave as an innocent man rose from the dead triumphant over death, hell, and the grave. Oh, hallelujah. And he showed himself alive by many infallible proofs. 
And people could see and attest to the fact that he who had once been dead was now alive. He said, go tarry in Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. They tarried in Jerusalem and they received the promise of the Father, which is the Holy Ghost living inside of them. The commission to them was preach the gospel to every creature. Preach the gospel in the highways and the byways. Preach the gospel to whosoever will. Let him come and drink of the waters of life freely. Here we are tonight having tasted of this heavenly gift. The gift of the Holy Ghost. Can I tell somebody tonight that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord? You better pull your love out of being focused and immersed on things of this world because this world is dying. Everything around you is dying. Everybody around you is in the process of dying. And you better have your hopes fixed on another land, on another place, a place prepared for you that where he is, hallelujah, there you may be also. And you're going to have to enter in the only way that leads unto that life and that is through Jesus Christ I am the door to the sheepfold he said he didn't say I am one of many doors he didn't say I am one of the doors if you choose me then then that's a pretty good choice he said I am the door and he that comes to the father must come by me I am the way I am the truth and I am the life Hallelujah. And there are people who claim him, but don't consider him the way. There are people who claim to follow him, but gladly march down a broad way that leads to destruction. There are people who will look you in the eye and say, I am a Christian. But their actions say they love this world. And their attitude says they love this world. And their decisions say they love this world. And their social media says they love this world. And their conduct says they love this world. You better fall out of love with this world. You better fall in love with Jesus Christ. You better get your eyes fixed on a heavenly prize. You need to get, hallelujah, a checkup in Jesus' name of your heart and take inventory of your inner man. And make sure you're not on a broad way that's leading to destruction. If you are inundated and immersed in the philosophies of this world, ladies and gentlemen, chances are you're on a broad path and don't even know it. Hallelujah. If you are inundated and immersed with constant media, then the chances are you're on the broad path and don't even realize it. You've got to get focused, hallelujah, on walking the narrow way, a straight path, a narrow path. Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Enter in at the straight gate. The narrow way that leads unto life. You don't even know what life is, and neither do I. We don't even know what it is. We don't even know what it is. We have never experienced true, real, glorious life. The life we are familiar with is one that is tainted by the fingerprints of death. So, so in, in real, 
true life, there is no flu virus. In real true life, there is no strep throat. In real true life, there is no weakness of body. In real true life, there is no dilapidating of the human body. There is no aging and, and there is no aging unto death. None of that exists in true new life. You've got to stop believing the lies of this world. You've got to get your eyes off of what you see and what you hear in the natural realm. And you have to find that narrow way. Hallelujah. Find that straight gate. If you're not praying, then you're not finding the straight gate and the narrow way. If you're not in frequent communication with God, then you're not going to find the straight straight gate and the narrow way hallelujah if you're not immersed in his presence then you're not going to find the straight gate and the narrow way you've got to be covered with his blood you've got to be consumed by his presence you've got to be caught up in his glory you've got to be fascinated by him you've grown so accustomed some have grown so accustomed to just worshiping him feeling his presence that you don't even realize how beautiful of a thing it is there was a day when nobody could feel his presence they just hoped that the high priest high priest could make it into the holy of holies without dying and could get atonement for man's sin for another year you hear what i'm saying we are blessed that his presence comes into this house we are blessed that he visits us we are blessed hallelujah hallelujah that the holy ghost overshadows us Oh, we're blessed. You're blessed that all you got to do is praise him and he shows up. You're blessed that all you got to do is call on his name and he is there. You are blessed that you can get drunk in the Holy Ghost. You are blessed that the spirit of the Lord can fall upon you. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. And so, so many people say, yes, I know Jesus. Yes, I'm filled with the Holy Ghost. Yes, I'm washed in the blood. Yes, I have faith in Christ, and they're walking a broad way that leads to destruction. They don't care about his great commission. They don't think about heaven. Their love is in this earth, of this earth. They don't treat people the way they want to be treated. They don't love the neighbor as themselves. In the name of Jesus, it's a part of the broad path that leads unto destruction. They don't know what they would do if this things of this life were taken from them. And they can't imagine living without all of the, all of the, uh, just the trinkets of this world and all of the philosophies of this world. And they don't realize that we're not living for this world. Don't live selfishly. Live selflessly. Don't live to gratify yourself or to gratify your own body or to gratify your ego or to gratify your self-image. But live for the Lord Jesus Christ. Live for his cause. Live for his purpose. This is the straight gate. This is the narrow way. And few people even find it. Never judge by, by how many people are, are following after the Lord. If you were to look at the broad scope of society and you picked out somehow, knowingly, who is serving the Lord, none of us would be able to be the judge of that. Only God could be the judge of that. Somebody could just dress themselves up 
and trick us. We even trick ourselves half the time. Only God can know whose heart is right in his eyes. And so, so if you were to able to, to take the broad scope of society and pick out who is serving the Lord, you would, and I would be shocked, ladies and gentlemen. Sometimes we'd be shocked of who is. And then sometimes it'd be amazing how few there are who are really serving the Lord. There's no way to know the exact number. But the scripture tells us don't be surprised when the majority opinion of your world tells you to walk a certain way and it's not according to the word of the Lord. Don't listen to the media. Don't listen to the politicians. Listen to the word of God. Don't listen to the lecturers. Don't listen to the philosophers. Listen to the word of God. Don't listen to the professors. Don't, don't listen, ladies and gentlemen, to all of the sages of the ages. Listen to the word of Almighty God. This word, hallelujah, is where our salvation is. This word is where our hope is. Our hope is built on nothing less. Hallelujah. I said, our hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood. Hallelujah. Not the blood of bulls and goats. Not the blood of goats and calves. But the blood of Jesus Christ and his righteousness. you got to walk the narrow way. Few there be that find it. And so Noah was told of the Lord to build an ark. To build an ark. Because the rain was coming. And because the fountains of the deep were going to be broken up. And so Noah began to, to build an ark. We don't know exactly how long. It's, people have said 120 years. And the Bible doesn't say it quite like that. But, but it, was, it was a long time. A long time that Noah was building that ark. And, and uh, the Bible says that the Lord had patience waiting for the ark to prepare. So the Lord was ready to pour out his wrath the moment he said build the ark. And Noah starts, all right, getting, drawing up the plans, listening to what the Lord said the plans were, and then get the hammer and the nails and make sure you got all your, get all your equipment and stop by Home Depot tomorrow morning. And, oh, we forgot something. And did you get the tape measure? And I, this is a long, drawn-out process. And the Lord had patience waiting for Noah to complete the building, the construction of the ark. And everybody thought Noah had lost his mind. And the reason they thought Noah had lost his mind was because nobody had seen rain before. Before the days of Noah, a mist went up from the earth and came back down to the earth. And that's how rain fell. A mist went up and a mist came down. That's, that's how water watered the earth before the days of Noah. But there was getting ready to be an unleashing of water upon this earth. Ladies and gentlemen, like nothing you and I have ever seen. It was going to come from above the wad, the Bible says, and I don't. I actually don't believe we've ever seen rain like like this. I believe that it was it was a different source of water. The Scripture says that the windows of heaven were opened. This water came. This water came differently than any rainfall you and I have ever seen. The windows of heaven were opened, and water poured upon the earth. And the Bible says that the fountains of the deep were broken up. And the water not only came from above, but the water came from below. 
the, the fountains of the deep. There are fountains even today of the deep. And the Bible says that they came up from the ground and they burst forth with fury. And God was actually saving Noah and his family from the violence that had filled the earth. What the Bible says about that day is that the thought of every man was continually violent. It was violence like nothing we've ever seen. We look at our world today and we see pockets of violence here and there. Folks, it had lost all manner of, of, of decency. And violence filled the earth. And the Lord, it was so bad, the Lord repented that he had ever even created man. The violence was so bad. And that's why God judged the earth with the flood. And he was saving Noah who had found grace. In other words, he had found the narrow way. In other words, he had found the straight gate. Nobody else had found it. Nobody else found grace. Everybody else was caught up with what was going on in their culture, what was going on in their world. It was, it was their world, and that's all they could see, and that's all they could hear, and that's all they would believe. And they were caught up in what their world looked like and what their world sounded like. And the Bible says that Noah was a preacher of righteousness. And Noah preached the righteousness of God. But nobody would listen. And the violence continued. He would preach, but nobody would hear. He would declare, but nobody would listen. He would shout it out, righteousness, righteousness, righteousness. But his message of righteousness fell on deaf ears. Because he's the only lunatic who believes this way. Everybody else is walking this way. And that's what's normal. And that's what's... That's what's customary. And we're not going to challenge our status quo. And we're not going to listen to some harebrained preacher who has some idea that one day <laughs> this whole thing is going to come to a halt. I mean, really. Seriously. Like, 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 like rain is going to fall out of heaven and and that water is going to come bursting forth from the deep. I mean, we've never seen anything like that. And I don't think we ever will. And I imagine he was lambasted on social media. They probably had his name and face plastered on every major media outlet describing how insane, how extreme his views were. How he's building this massive ark this boat believing that one day it will be of use to him and his family but Noah had found the narrow way and when you find the narrow way you walk it when you find the straight gate you walk into it you enter in at the straight gate. I don't care how many people persecute you, how many people ridicule you, how unpopular it is, how many people say otherwise, how smart they are, how educated they are, how degreed they are, how powerful they are. Don't you listen to the lies of this world, but you walk the narrow way. You walk the straight gate. You know why? Because you're not living for today. You're living for judgment day. There's going to come a day where you do have to answer to God. <laughs> 
You hear what I'm telling you? And you're not going to, you may have pulled the wool over my eyes and everybody else's eyes, but you won't pull the wool over his eyes. He knows who you are. He knows your heart. He knows your mind. You're not going to fool God. Those flimsy excuses, they're not going to fool God. You've got to be right. Hallelujah. You've got to be pure. You've got to be holy. And you can't make yourself holy. And you can't make yourself pure. And you can't make yourself righteous. So the Bible says that Noah was the preacher of righteousness and he built this ark. And Peter, writing to the Jews, said this. He said that Noah brought his family into the ark. Eight people. He was the eighth person and he brought a few. A few. Few there be that find it. Peter said it was only a few that entered into that ark. And, and that they were saved by the water. And then he said, the like figure whereunto baptism doth also now save us. So when I was, I'm looking at that and I'm realizing that, that Noah's ark and that whole experience was the same as baptism. And, and that the water is what saved Noah and his family. You know, I always thought it was the boat that saved them. And they were, because if they weren't in the boat... God didn't prescribe life preservers. He just said build a boat. And so they needed the boat. But, but, but Peter said that the water saved them. So let me explain how this works, how that's a type of baptism. That water, hallelujah, when you're baptized into the name of Jesus Christ, I want you to know what happens to your sins. Your sins receive the punishment they always had coming to them. They die when you're baptized into Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ became your sins. And when you go down into the waters, your sins are left in the water. And you come up walking in newness of life. The life that you're walking newly in is the life of Christ. Okay, so when you went down in that water, you didn't go down with a rubber ducky. You didn't go down in just any old name or any old title. No, no. You went down specifically in the name that is on the legal document that secures your salvation. You went down in the name of Jesus Christ. The name of Jesus Christ is like Noah's Ark. When you go down in the water in the name, it's like when Noah went into the ark with his family. Then the water comes. What did the water do? The water wiped out the sin. The water wiped out the violence. The water wiped out all of the ungodliness. The water wiped out all the unrighteousness. That's exactly what happens when you go down in the name of Jesus Christ. You're going down into Noah's ark. And when you come up, you're in Noah's ark. And so when the unrighteousness and the ungodliness of this world gets judged, you're going to be saved because you're in the name. It's, it's similar to when Moses went to Egypt. And when Moses went into Egypt, he turned the water into blood. Now, folks, that is a mystery to me. 
That's it. Now, let me just, if you just go with this on this little path with me, this little rabbit trail for just a moment. He turned that water into blood. He didn't turn it into red stuff. He turned it into blood. He didn't like dump some Hawaiian punch food coloring into that water. No, he turned it. It had DNA. Whose blood was that? I submit that it was the blood of the lamb. And I'll tell you why I believe it was the blood of the lamb. Because everything inside that water that once lived died. And that's exactly what happens when I'm baptized into Jesus Christ and take on the blood of the lamb. Everything that once lived in me, all the parasitic sin and self-righteousness and ugliness and ungodliness. When the blood covers you, all of that garbage dies. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, it's time to get in the ark. It's time to get in the ark. It's time to get in the name. The narrow way. The straight gate. A lot of people love to claim Jesus Christ, but they don't want to go down into the narrow way of being in him. Oh, and there's a difference between being outside of him, around him, beside him, by him, with him, and being in him. So when I stand before God being in him, hallelujah, I don't stand there as Joel Urshan. I stand there covered with Jesus Christ, hidden with Christ in God. Hallelujah. So there are two books that are open. One is my life and all the junk I did and all the stuff I did wrong and all my sin and all my shame. And then there's this. That's the book of Joel, okay? That's the book of, of Joel. Life, but then here's the book of the Lamb's life. And if my name is written in the Lamb's book of life, hallelujah, then this book takes superiority over this book. And this book doesn't have any more control over me because my name is found written, written, written in the Lamb's book of life. Worthy is the Lamb. Oh, hallelujah. This is serious business, folks. When we get up here and preach repentance and baptism in Jesus' name, the infilling of the Holy Ghost, the oneness of God, the Lamb of God, the blood of Jesus, the Spirit of the Lord, walking the narrow way. Folks, it's the difference between life and death. It's the difference between heaven and hell. This is serious business. And we don't know what a day may hold. And we don't know who will be back next week. We have to take every moment we can to preach the word, hold high the blood-stained banner, and say, you better be ready to meet God in judgment don't live for today live for judgment day I don't know what judgment day is going to be like I don't know I know we're going to stand in it we're not sitting in it we're standing in it it's going to be a long long line and we're going to stand there waiting our turn yeah John, listen, it's going to be nerve-wracking, folks. You're standing there waiting for your time, your turn, and you're going to have to give account. You're going to have to do some explaining. And I don't even know if any of your explaining will matter because all that matters is what's in these books. 
you're going to have to explain why you didn't take God seriously. And you're going to have to explain why, you, why this didn't matter anything to you. And you're going to have to explain why so many other things were so much more important to you. And you know what? You're going to say you didn't know this and you didn't know that and you didn't know this. And all of it is right here. And you got like 15 of them. And you don't read them because you're so carnal and interested in other things. But this is going to be opened wide. Chapter and verse will be pointed out to you, shown to you, where the Lord had given you instruction. And it was all right there. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I don't even know if the Lord will play the podcast sometime. Say, listen, I've been tuning into the FAC podcast. And you heard this right here on this day. Oh, God, help us. God help us. Don't you listen, don't you misunderstand, ladies and gentlemen. What goes on behind this pulpit is so important and it's so sacred. In Jesus' name, Lord, help us to preach the whole counsel of God. Lord, help us to deliver the whole truth and nothing but the truth. So help me, God, in Jesus' name, because judgment day is coming. I said judgment day is coming, and I know you're tired of hearing that, but it may come come sooner for some than it will for others but one day it's going to come for everybody and everyone great and small hallelujah young and old is going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ and you better be ready I said you better be ready don't you enter in through the broad way but enter in at the straight gate the narrow way Hallelujah. 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 In the name of Jesus. Come on, somebody. I wonder if you right now could just say, God, help me be ready. Help my soul to be right. Help my spirit to be pure. In the name of the Lord. In the name of the Lord. In the name of the Lord. In the name of the Lord, in the name of the Lord, in the name of the Lord. You want to get, you want to get, you want to have the fear of God put in you. Why don't you go read some of the Old Testament law and read of how Moses dealt with sin in the Old Testament law. It'll put the fear of God in you. Here's what it does. I know we're not under the old law. I know that. But I want you to understand what it does teach you. It teaches you how severe sin really is. And you don't get that in this culture. Everybody's a sinner. Everybody's sinning. No, everybody's sinning and nobody cares. And it's just one sin after another, after another, after another. And it is rising furiously into the nostrils of God as a horrible stench. And his judgment will not be withheld. It is anti-God, anti-Christ. And you better get it out of your spirit and get it out of your soul and get it out of your heart and get it out of your mind and pray it out and fast it out and worship it out and repent it out and be broken and be humble. Hallelujah before the Lord your God. You read the Old Testament law and you see quickly, God didn't mess around with sin. And when he would judge the sin, this is what he would say, to put the evil out from you. To put the evil out from you. And there's going to come a day when this time of grace is complete. When this time of mercy has come to an end. And the conclusion has arrived. And the Lord is going to remove the sheep from the goats. And the Lord is going to remove the holy from the profane. And the Lord is going to remove the good from the evil. And you don't want to be separated. 
There were five wise virgins and there were five foolish virgins. And they knew, they all knew the bridegroom was coming. Some took it seriously and some did not. Some had oil in their lamps and some did not. And when the hour of the bridegroom had come, five foolish virgins. Listen, they were virgins. They were pure. They were all pure. The difference was the oil. The difference was the power of God. The difference was that wise, five wise virgins found the narrow way, the straight gate. And they did not deviate from it in the name of Jesus. You better be careful. You know, when you look at this, when you look at this scripture, it's, 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 it's serious stuff. And I'd love to be funny tonight. I'd love to. It's sunny outside, and here I am so gloomy. But if I don't share this, I'll stand before God myself and have to explain why. And I refuse to stand before him with any blood on my hands. God, I want to be able to say that I preached your word and I shared your gospel and I told the truth. Matthew chapter 7, he goes on to say, beware of false prophets. Some of you got false prophets on your iPod, iPad, iPhone. Some of you got false prophets that you listen to, that you watch, that you take in their information and you think it's innocent, but it's, it's, it's deceiving you. It's getting into your brain. It's getting into the way you think and it's beginning to make you feel more a part of this world than you do a part of the church. In Jesus' name, come out from among them and be separate, saith the Lord of hosts. And they come to you in sheep's clothing. That's, a, that's, that's even a reference, ladies and gentlemen, to, to religiosity coming in sheep's clothing. And, but inwardly, they are ravening wolves and they're preying on your weakness and they're preying on your carnality and they're preying on your, your, your tendency to be more like the world than like the bride of Christ. They're preying on your tendency to be embarrassed to be a Christian, embarrassed to live for God, embarrassed to serve the Lord. They're like ravening wolves and, and they're coming after you and the, he said you'll know them by their fruit watch their fruit watch their fruit ladies and gentlemen if you will take a look at the fruit of these imposters throughout the world you'll see that they have walked down the broad way and it has led to destruction there was a way that seemed right unto them but the end thereof are the ways of death if you look at their fruit you'll see that they're not finding the narrow way and they're not a spokesman for the Lord and so he goes on to say not everyone that saith unto me Lord, Lord shall enter into the kingdom of heaven I'm going to tell you something there's a lot of folks saying Lord, Lord to Jesus that's what Jesus said he said you're going to see a lot of folks walk up to me and say Lord Lord but not all of them are going to heaven not all of them are entering into the kingdom of heaven that's what I'm trying to tell you you might be in that category of people who say Lord Lord but you're not entering into the kingdom of heaven because you're walking the broad way that leads to destruction you better make sure that your walk and your talk match up not everyone that saith unto me Lord Lord shall enter into the kingdom of heaven but he that doeth the will of my father which is in heaven many will say to me 
in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? Can you say that? Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, in that name, I have cast out devils in thy name. That's, that's pretty big stuff. I mean, that's pretty accomplished. They prophesied in his name. They've cast out devils in his name. In thy name I have done many wonderful works. And then will I profess unto them, but I never knew you. And this is what he said, and this is the most terrifying of all. Depart from me, you that work iniquity. Iniquity simply means lawlessness. That's what iniquity means. Lawlessness. It means you know the law of God, you just don't really care. You know the law of God, you just, you don't think there's a problem if you violate it. You know the law of God, but, but you do so many good things that that's going to cover for not following the law of God. The law of God is divine. It's holy. It's perfect. And Jesus kept it. You got to be covered by his blood and you got to walk in his path. The narrow way, the straight gate. Come out from the broad gate. Come away from the broad way. In the name of Jesus, I wonder if somebody could lift their voice unto the Lord right now. Somebody just lift their voice unto the Lord right now. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Oh my God, my God, my God, my God, my God. My God, my God, my God, my God, my God, my God. My God, my God, my God, my God, my God, my God, my God. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Hallelujah. Can I tell you why I don't enjoy preaching like this? Can I just be honest with you, tell you why I don't enjoy preaching like this? Here's why. It's not because I don't want to relay the bad news. I mean, I'm, if, it's the truth. You got, yeah, it has to be preached. It's the truth. So that's not why I don't like it. The reason I don't like preaching this way is because I always know when the Lord will not release me from it, it means that it's for somebody. And so I know in the name of Jesus that the Lord is trying to reach somebody right now before they make a dramatic mistake before they go all the way down that broad path that leads to destruction oh God could we receive his word right now and just say God make me clean in your sight make me holy in your sight make me clean in your sight 
Hallelujah. And I have no control over whether somebody will hear it. I don't have any control over that. All I can do is preach and pray and preach and pray. And pray and preach and pray and preach. But, oh, Spirit of the living God, move in this house right now, I pray in the name of Jesus. And touch somebody's soul, God. Pull them back from the brink of disaster. and Pull them back. Pull them back from the plan and the plot of the enemy. From the ravening wolf that seeks to devour their life. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Hear the word of God tonight. 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 In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Come on, all across this building, we need to be praying. We need to be praying. We need to be praying. Hallelujah. 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 Glory to God. 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 Blessed be your name, Lord. 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 Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I'm telling you right now, you can repent of all your sins right now. It doesn't matter what you've done, where you've been. God can lead you. God can lead you. God can speak to you. You can enter into his presence with a humble heart and a contrite spirit. You can do it right now. You can do it right this second in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Come on, don't let condemnation have one more day's hold on you. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Don't let shame hover over you for one more minute. But give it all to God right now and say, God, I want to I walk down the narrow pathway. I want to find the straight gate. I want to enter in at the straight gate and find the narrow way. Oh, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. To do oh, me, glory to God. Glory me oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, for eternity, for else I must be. Well, come on, let's pour out our heart to God right now in the name of the Lord. In the name of the Lord, I'm opening these altars. Somebody come right now in the name of Jesus and say, God, above all else, I must be saved. Of all else, I, I must be saved. Oh, yes, Lord. 